brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. From the sweltering, glittering streets of Las Vegas, Nevada, this is TrekCast, a Star Trek podcast. We've assembled our team of geeks from all over the country, heck, all over the world, to talk about Star Trek, the original series, the next generation, Voyager, Enterprise, DS9, the movies, everything Star Trek, right here on TrekCast, a Star Trek podcast. Hello and welcome to TrekCast, the number one rated Star Trek podcast. You like that? I do. It sounds great to me. <laughs> I'm your host, David Thomas Ivy, with me again. Darren Benjamin. Man, episode 25. This is a milestone. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. 25 episodes old today. Man, we're a quarter of a century. No. We're quarter, a quarter of something. <laughs> We're a quarter, quarter crazy. We're a quarter of a hundred. That's right. Um, this is a big, fun-filled episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's big. pretty exciting. We've got some neat stuff. Yeah, on. lots yeah. of stuff. But stay tuned. For great stuff. <laughs> now, um, I was just telling Darren, uh, i got to keep you up to date on my Star Trek watching watchingness, watchingness that I'm doing. Um, first off, I'm going to CBS.com and watching all the original series over again. Man, I want to see the high def uh, remastered. I happen to have one in my... My computer right here. We can watch. Oh, man. Because I was watching uh, Doomsday Machine. Uh-huh. That's a great episode. But, man, the cartoon lasers hitting the Doomsday Machine. Not good. Oh, my God. It's so Not bad. good. It's I just so watched uh, Balance of Terror for our, our contest, uh, which we should probably mention anyway. Right. With uh, DVD Geeks. That's where I was leading. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're, you're one step ahead of me okay. there. So, uh, yeah, I watched Balance of Terror. And if you listen to uh, DVD Geeks, their podcast, uh, and then you listen to ours, you answer both questions, go to their site. I'll provide a link for it and then uh, fill out the, the entry form and you can win 
Star Trek Season 1 on Blu-ray disc. Remastered, high That's def. That's right. Man. All the bells and whistles. Yep. There it is. Yeah. but uh, And then I was watching uh, Enterprise. Um, I'm, I'm about middle of Season 2. I'm loving it more and more and more. I mean, it's 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 becoming one. It's one becoming one of my favorite shows ever made. It's for to me. It, for me, it, it's probably the best, just because it's the most recent. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't love all the other ones right. equally, but you know, just because it's the most recent, and it's, it's the freshest for me. Right. It was. It, it died before it, it, it matured completely. Yeah. What's well, funny? I was watching a night in the uh, what's it called? Night in the a night, sick, in a night in sick bay. That that is now in my top ten, if not top five, favorite Star Trek episodes of all time. A night in sick bay. It's a pretty damn good one. That's a great episode. And have you um, seen uh, Shuttlepod One yet? Oh yes, that's a great one. Yeah, that's a good. Oh, that's where they were dying in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A trip and, shuttle, yeah, yeah, yeah that yep. was good. And then what did you think? Uh, the the second, not the it's the Rom- Romulan episode, uh, right? Where they were in the starbase. I finally saw part two of that. Yeah, and, it wasn't necessarily part two, but it was more of a continuation. <laughs> right. Good episode. Um, I it, now this this has nothing to do with him, but I kind of wish Mayweather would have died though. Yeah, well, you know, we'd be just, add to the drama. Well, yeah, because, you know, and not because I don't like him, but because that's one of those things like BSG did. Like, every once in a while, they just kill a main character just to keep the watcher on your toes. Like, you're still, I mean, you don't know. When you're watching this show yeah. and, you know, Lee Adama goes out to do something, he might die knowing how this show goes. And you know in Star Trek, no one's going to die. And when he died in that episode, or what you think he did, it's like, oh, yeah, but this isn't PSG. He's not really going to die. Yeah, you know? And that turns out it wasn't even him. But whatever the point is. That was really good. Really good episode. I always wanted to see what would have happened if they would have brought that thing back. Oh, the, well, because it started fixing itself at the end. Yeah. That was creepy cool, too. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it starts rebuilding itself. It's going for you. I always thought it'd be kind of neat if, if uh, it tied into, like, the Doomsday Machine somehow. Yeah, that's but, not a bad... Yeah. Or, or something. Yeah. Even though I was kind of halfway afraid it was going to tie into, like, Borg or something, I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't, please yeah. don't, please don't. Please, please don't. don't. And it what? didn't. And they're like, all right, good. It just stuck to its own thing. Yeah, Perfect. it was its own thing. For um, sure. So this week... Speaking of Enterprise and Star Trek and BSG and all that goodness, man, our boy Jason. If you remember Jason, episode one, two, four, Four and five. five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Three is still lost in the Delta Quadrant, just so you know. Right. Jason is back. (laughs) So uh, he is um, still in in North Hollywood, California, and he works at a prop house. HMS is the – I don't know if that's the name of the prop house or that's the name of the company that owns the prop – whatever it is. They do well. You'll hear what they do, man. They do everything. They do all kinds of. Cool they have stuff. been working on Star Trek since Next Generation. I, I think some of the guys even original series stuff. I mean, uh, Back to the Future. I mean, well, he'll go into the whole thing. It some and, stuff that we can't even talk about. And you know what? Secret. And you know what there is in this episode? I don't know what is there. Mister and Mrs. America and all the ships of sea. This is a Trekcast exclusive. Yeah, man. We're uh, we got an exclusive. Yes, we do. There's information in this interview that has never been said before. For Federation eyes only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, really, I'm listening to this going, oh, my God, that's where that came from. You know what? I, 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 I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I well, just can't wait. Well, let's hear it. Let, let's, let's, let's hand it over to Jason. Here we go, Jason. Hey, this is Jason Voss for uh, TrekCast.com. How you guys doing? I'm here today with uh, Mike Moore and uh, Steve Horsch and Scott Brodeen of HMS Studios. How you guys doing? Okay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So I've known you guys for about uh, nine months, and I see you guys every day 
coming into the studio because I work here for uh, customreplicas.com. One of the interesting things that I saw was that um, HMS, as it's called now, was founded in 1998. But what was it called before that, Mike? Uh, there was Proper Effects. Uh, and I don't remember how far away that was. Yeah, Proper Effects. Because just going through and talking with you over the past few months, I know that like you, you've worked on so many films. I mean, it's, it's literally over this point, it's 30 plus years of experience with between all three of you guys. Um, going back to like the Trek films, uh, Beetlejuice, Back to the Future 2 and 3, The Abyss. Um, it goes on and on for the movies. Um, Star Trek series, uh, Quantum Leap, uh, Lois and Clark, to name just a few of the TV programs that you guys have all worked on. Um, let's see, and I walk around here and I'll see stuff like uh, the Klingon Beak Nose Disruptor, uh, original series phase two, uh, the, 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 two, the second uh, phaser. Um, uh, desktop communicator, the Enterprise phase pistol, the Mark IX science tricorder, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How did you? The obvious question: How did you get started working with Star Trek? I know that you started. You said halfway through the first season of Next Gen, right? Um, well, one of my friends called me and asked me, "Hey, do you want some work?" And I said, "Sure." So I went in, did some work. They called me back the next day, had me do some more work, and they said, "Hey, would well, you just like to work here?" I said, sure, okay. And I was back at ISS. And this is what year? About 1987, right? What what year? 87? Yeah. And that's about the same time, because you were there from the beginning too, right, Steve? No, I wasn't. No, I didn't start until, like, uh, professionally, like, till 94. Oh, okay, okay. And what about you, Scott? I know that you worked on a lot of stuff too. Were you there, like, in the first halfway through Next Gen? Well, I didn't get to work at all on Next Generation. Uh, I worked on Voyager, DS9, and Enterprise, but uh, I went into this full time about '93. Oh, okay. Still, it's a lot of lot of time. So you guys have seen more Star Trek than anybody could possibly fathom. I think between the three of you guys, <laughs> or want to? Yes. <laughs> um. Just some of the things that I think the favorite prop that I've seen or heard that you guys made was probably the original series captain's chair. That to me sounds really cool. Who did you make that for and how many times have you made that and for whom and all that stuff like? The first one Steve made. Yeah, I made it for the Relics episode. And um, Mike Akuda called me up and wanted to know if anybody had made any for fan films and things like that. And I would go, yeah, I built one in my garage, you know, for my stepson and we were going to do a movie and stuff and just had that left in the navcom and he's well can we rent it and i said yeah and so i finished him up cleaned it up and brought it down they rented it for the episode and later on they ended up purchasing it for uh their earth tour that went traveled around and they had the whole set that went around after that okay now was that painted by you or was that also was that painted by um ron that was me yeah but me and my brother up in the northern california area and then, we'll, and then the next one after that, because you made more of them, right? What was the other one? Uh, we made, we actually made the prototype for the um, diamond uh, chair that they're they're getting ready to release now. Um, we've made quite a few chairs over over the years for different things. Um, one of them was for Paramount, and it was what was the second tour that they decided to do that we made one for. And of course, the, the one that was recently given away by Roddenberry dot com. Which with had all kinds of lights and stuff like that. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Now, now, who? That was a very expensive prop. I mean, how much? How much did that cost to make that sucker? Um, you know, I, I'm not really sure 
uh, Roddenberry's thinking about actually selling those now, and I'm not sure what the retail price on those is going to be. Because I know, like, back in the day, one of the questions I want to ask you was, like, people want to know, this is on your FAQ on your website, is how long does it take you to make something? And now back in DS9, you guys would get the drawings and have to have them pumped out in a week. Sometimes they only get, like, three days, an overnight turnaround type of something. They need something really quick, and that's, you have to build from scratch, and you mold it, that's, like, two days or whatever, then you have to electronicize it. And if you have to make multiples after it like that, that's something that's really a rush. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, you're not just making one. It's like they might need 30 of them or something, or they might need a dozen at the very least for a certain episode, right? Well, and also at the same time that we were we were on uh, DS9, we were also working on other shows like, you know, without uh, um, Space Above and Beyond and Earth 2 and... And Sequest. Yeah, Sequest. So on top of all that, you got other... It was about 12 people in our shop at that point. And how long has Bob Mannion been working here? You know... how the bomb episode, whenever that was. <laughs> he started with us on Voyager. He, he did little little stints here and there throughout DS9 as well at, at, at proper effects. But as far as uh, with HMS, he started on Voyager... Um, whatever the bomb episode is. I don't, Scott, you remember what it's called? No, I don't remember what the name of that. Intelligent Bomb. Intelligent Missile, something like that. So, I mean, that's probably the coolest prop that I can think of was the TOS captain's chair. What is, I mean, what are some of, you guys make so much cool stuff. I mean, what are some of the neatest things that Trek-wise that you guys have actually made? I like when we, we're, we can, we have a little bit of flexibility to build pieces like, at one point, we did all the gold press latinum, and we only had to design really for one, but they told us they went to different sizes. So we decided that across where the glyphs are across the pieces, we would put our 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 name and our significant other's name. Oh, that's cool on the on the platinum bars. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, what about you, Scott? Oh, gee. Some of the weird things we've had to end up making. Uh, one of my favorites was a uh, was it a uh, uh, an atmosphere tester, the one where we had to have Darce uh, blow her cigarette smoke into it to make sure we'd get it. Uh... <laughs> now, what was that for? Atmosphere tester. What was that for? That was for Voyager, Voyager episode. Uh, basically, they wanted to show swirling like uh, clouds inside of this this tube and stuff, and it was. It was really just kind of gross. And, and <laughs> now, was that some kind of alien device, or what was that for? Uh, I think it was. I think that was for uh, the actual Voyager tool that they were doing some testing on atmospheric. Now, now, when you guys would make these, would you and Mike and would you and Steve have to go down to the set and make sure it was working properly? If it was complicated, or was it something you would hand deliver, or how would that work? Did you always go down there, or just not usually, or? Yeah, we hand-delivered every single piece unless it was too large for us to take down in our own vehicles. Then they would send out a truck. But 90% of the time, we would have to go down no matter what and explain to them how to change the batteries, how to turn it on, how to turn it off, how to operate it. Um, just like uh, like the, the smart bomb we were talking about. That piece had... Uh, Two different radio control systems in it for spinning lights and because some of these can get pretty complicated. Yeah. Now, were you guys? What are you guys better at? 
the electronic side or you want you guys better at I mean how do you guys complement each other when it comes to making the things like I mean you guys know so much about electronics and paint and design and all this stuff but are one of you guys sort of know that you can fall back on the other guy for one thing who's got something you guys yeah I'm more electromechanical type oh okay anything uh, wiring in the old style like uh, with relays and things like that if I can't make it electronically I can hook a relay in or something like old school and make it operate and and your specialty? I know you know a lot about a lot of different things. That's for damn sure. I think my my specialty is is looking at it and figuring out how we're going to make it. You know how long it's going to take, or how long it should take, and then cut that in half because that's how the show was. Um, being like Scotty, you know, like oh, it's going to be six days. Oh, we'll do it in two hours. Yeah, that sort of thing. And what about you, Scott? I mean, I know what you do here at the shop, and but as far as like. Uh, other than like being reliable and working long hours and, <laughs> you know, uh, anything else you can uh, put in on that? Well, don't let that rumor get around. But uh, I, I wanted to ask Steve, you said we had three days on that one thing. We had three days. I didn't know we had three days. Now, usually it's it, it ends up being uh, uh, things are in such a rush. Things need to get done quickly. What I'm good at is I can fabricate things in plastic. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. And I'm also excellent, if I may say so myself, on uh, making molds of things quickly and efficiently. Oh, cool. Um, I think probably the least favorite thing that I've seen, I don't like that Breen helmet. (laughs) 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 Now, what is the story with that? I mean, here's a story with that. Um, uh, Bob Blackman, the wardrobe, uh, the head of wardrobe, said, oh, well, we need this helmet made. So we said, okay. So we went down, uh, Max Cervantes and myself went down to the studio, and suddenly we're sitting down there and they're explaining to us what helmet they want. Um, Rick Berman had went through the Star Wars ma- uh, book and picked out a photograph of the Bausch helmet and said, we want something like this, but we don't want it to look like this. For obvious reasons. Right. So we took that and kind of messed around with it and turned it into the Breen helmet. It, it looks so different than anything else that they've ever done or you guys have ever done. It's supposed to be like dog people, wolf people. It's supposed to have a snout. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. That makes sense. I just thought it looked kind of Star Wars-esque. It didn't quite have the look of other other stuff. That's why it just sort of stands out to me as one of the oddest-looking things I've seen. Um, I know that you can actually make props for people because I know other people come in here all the time and they'll contract you guys to make stuff. I mean, how do people go about that if they've got something really cool, they got a concept? I know they can come in, talk to you. I mean, how's the best way to – what should they bring in to be prepared and how would they contact you? Money. <laughs> um, no, they can contact, contact us through uh, through our HMS website. Which is hms-studios.com, correct? Correct. Um, there's also a phone number, I believe, on our website. Uh, they can call us through that number. Um, they should bring, if they have sketches, bring sketches. If they've got, uh, you know, just an idea, then we can ha- try and help them with that, sketching that out. Yeah, because you guys are located here in North Hollywood, California, so just people know that we're not in Montana or something. <laughs> is, that, is that about how it, how it goes, Steve? Yeah. And most times when we had to work off on uh, track or other things, they give you a picture or a drawing of something that's only like a three-quarter view. 
and you have to extrapolate from there. No measurements or anything like that. Maybe color, and that's half of the or more of the, the props that we had to build from uh, Star Trek. Voyager was was about eighty five to ninety percent. Oh, so I want something that's kind of like this, has some lights on it, and does this, and it has. To, oh, and I need it in two days. So, yeah, there's no drawing. So you guys just sort of pull something out of thin air. and but, you know, What are you guys doing on the new film? We can't say until the actual movie arrives. Okay, well, that's that makes sense. There you guys are doing props, right? One of the cool things that I talked to you guys about is some of the interesting stories, dealing with conventions and that kind of thing. And, you know, I don't want to get into anything, anything specific details, but uh, – it's just always neat that um, you guys go to conventions and and you'll get different reactions from the fans when they actually see the props in person. Um, and one of the touching stories that I heard from Scott was the one about the kid. Can you tell me about that one? Oh, uh, I uh, was at a uh, convention out in Orange County. This is this is several years ago, and uh, I had aided in a talk talking about props and stuff like this, and. Uh, uh, afterwards, this little kid, he couldn't have been more than seven, eight years old, comes up to me and he goes, oh, I enjoyed your presentation and all that. And he goes, would you like to see my, my, my rank pips that I made? And I said, sure, absolutely. And he showed me these rank pips he made from uh, one of the movie uniforms. And uh, uh, I told him they were probably one of the greatest things I'd ever seen done. And the smile that came over his face from ear to ear, he was just so excited about that. Uh, he didn't ask me if they were necessarily accurate, but that was totally irrelevant. It was, you know, uh, he had done them with his own hands, and I told him it was an excellent job of that. And he walked away with the biggest grin. Oh, he was totally happy. And that always makes me feel good. Uh, where what I don't like... Uh, and that's not necessarily from any ego on my part is, uh, these guys I meet at conventions who, uh, show up with their handmade props. And if it looks great, it looks great, but it's the ones that say, this is actually better than the original. And, uh, this is more accurate than the original. And it's like, um, pardon me. I made the original for that. And they'll look at a copy that I will be carrying and they'll say, well, that's not accurate and that's not right and the paint's wrong and, and this and that. And it's like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, You're a pretty even-tempered guy. So this stuff, yeah, this stuff just kind of well, – you, all you guys are that way. So you guys have been around long enough that you guys have told me the stories and it always happens. And people love it and sometimes they get it. And Anything else to add to that? Yeah, some people just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, because you've actually been – on the flyer as a guest speaker, holding props in your hand. Yeah, I, I, I go almost every other year to In Conjunction in Indianapolis. Um, and that particular convention is an awesome convention to go to. Everybody's very friendly. Um, I've also, you know, I've been to Germany for conventions, um, you know, all over L.A. Uh, and, uh, you know, Fullerton and so on and so forth. Um and, you know, most of the time, it's a great experience, you know, so you don't, don't, you can't let one. Yeah, I hear you. It's just, they're just funny antidotal stories. 
Uh, there uh, haven't been to conventions in a while, except for Comic Con, and that's grown enormously. And you run into a lot of people there, and sometimes we get, get work from there too, because we work for uh, uh, EFX, and we did Master Replica's work as well as uh, Mattel. Mattel and uh, Uncle Milton. Yeah, speaking of toys, I mean, you guys got the new Enterprise uh, toy in here, and there's a lot of heated discussion around here in the shop, like. People love the design or hate it or they're indifferent about it. What do you think about it, the new Enterprise or the new movie? Well, I think it's too much change, but it's uh, it looks close enough, I guess, to what the original is. And uh, it's just the stress that hold the engines up are just – I don't like the way it bends up that way. And what about you, Mike? Um, you know, it's a, it's a new take on it, and you're either going to love it or hate it. You know, And me personally, I'm indifferent to it. I did see that cool uh, radio-controlled... Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Yeah, the the actual uh, original. Yeah, it's like a radio-controlled enterprise. It's like a dream come true. And what do you what about you, Scott? What do you think about the new one? Well, let's just say if they're going to redesign the ends of the engine and cells like that, they should at least put a bra on it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I want to thank you guys for taking some time out of your busy schedule. Anything else you want to add? I mean, they'll leave anything out? I know it's um, you guys sell the official props on ronberry.com. Uh, your website is hms-studios.com. And uh, once again, this was Scott Brodeen, Mike Moore, and Steve Horsch. And I did see Bob Mannion walk around, and then he also worked with uh, Andrea Davis. And uh, what's Ron's last name? Did all the painting? Nomura, yeah. Ron did a lot of the painting on the props, right, over the years. All right, cool, guys. Well, thanks a lot, and um, I'll talk to you guys later. Man. It, cool stuff. Jason Bra- outdid himself. <laughs> Brain helmet? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Berman was actually reading a Star Wars book. Oh. <laughs> you know, you know when when J.J. Uh, Abrams says he wanted to bring a little Star Wars to uh, a Star Trek, That's- I believe that he wanted to make it more exciting and more, you know, adventurous and right. bigger in scale. Right. Not 
well, why don't we just repaint this green helmet and make it something out of Star Trek? <laughs> Even though it is, it is considerably different. It was just, it's just kind of funny because you know people have been asking that for years. Yeah, like why does the Breen look like Princess Leia? And and well, that's why. Well, they don't. Well, they even kind of sound like her character. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, she's like dark, dark. <laughs> By the way, we're still going to do our Breen interview. Yeah, it's coming soon. Right, I got my air conditioning fixed, so we can. We're waiting. We can. We're waiting for the for the uh, helmet to come from HMS. Right. <laughs> Man, those guys aren't messing around. They are cool, and actually, uh, we're looking at their site. It's customreplicas.com. <laughs> and man, it's you just wish you had about a million and a half bucks. You know, I wish. Uh, uh, well, hopefully, we'll get a chance to go down there and actually see the stuff. I think we are going to head down there and do it. That's little. pretty cool because yeah. uh, looking at their website, they have done original Enterprise, all the Enterprises. Yep. And including a Battlestar Galactica, that, Jupiter, that, yeah, I mean, you name it of the Nautilus, Space 1999, yes, the Nautilus. But, <laughs> but you look at him and you go, "I want that so bad, I can't stand it." That light up Enterprise A or the the original Enterprise, yes. Oh my god, that's Very so cool. amazing. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll get to see that at Roddenberry's booth this year at the at the con. Oh, that's true because uh, you know, and and the uh, the Galactica that I know Jason's working on. Um, you know, he's been talking to me. I, I talk to him every day, and, and he tells me about, you know, what they're doing now, what the, you know, what part of it they're on. But, you know, looking at the pictures is a completely different thing. Like, yeah. holy crap, that looks great. I'm like, uh, like uh, Data and Picard in First Contact where they're touching the rocket. I, I just want to <laughs> touch it. It's, it's more real to me It's now. more real to me. You know, looking at it on the website is one thing, but when you actually get close to it and you can actually touch it. Oh, uh, So, we're, yeah, we're going to come on. <clears throat> in fact, we'll probably do a little bit of a... When uh, impromptu uh, little recording when we're there, because we'll be crying because we're going to want that stuff. I mean, speaking like, of uh, t- touching things, when I when I uh, uh, when they took the Enterprise down at the experience, right? It was sitting in the in the hallway there, right? I just had to go up and touch it because yeah. I'd been looking up at that thing for so long. Oh, uh, the D, the big one? No, 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 just the just the original. Oh, okay, okay. The, the the movie version. Okay, the refit. And when I could actually go up and touch it, right? It's like, oh, do you, do you have any idea how they got the D out of there? They had to have taken it apart because right. when they when they took the the refit down, right? Um, they took it apart. Okay. And the 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 D was like three times the size. Huge, of that thing, so. yeah, it was enormous. <laughs> so didn't they build kind of the building around it in a way, or no? They lifted they it as, through the ceiling. They assembled it inside the building. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they had they take the engines off, the saucer off, oh, okay. and then the, the the engineering section were all separate. Because yeah, that was a was like a twenty foot Enterprise D sitting up there at I mean, least, yeah. It was, Huge. Gigantic. Perfect. It let uh, so up. I'm interested in seeing what they did for the new movie. I know. And you know, well, we won't know until after the movie. Yeah. But I then we'll know. If, 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 in Vegas a while back, they had a, a display of a bunch of the props. Oh, that's right. We at, yeah. one of the, at one of the hotels. Venetian, yeah. At the Venetian. And I got to see him. I wonder if maybe that was them. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they've worked on, every, they worked on DS9. They worked on Voyager, Enterprise. I mean, everything. Holy crap. Uh, they you made know, the, can you imagine, I mean, being able to build those models for a living and just... You know, make make that stuff. I know. The stuff that millions of people see on TV every Even day. though it's kind of funny because they do talk about the cons of it. Like, you know, they need to make 12 of them by day after tomorrow. Like, <laughs> oh, so you don't even get a chance to enjoy it. You just got to, like, you know, build sand, paint, go. You know, like, yeah, just yeah. get go, them go, out. Go. Exactly. Although I think I'd probably like the paycheck at the end of that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, working around the clock, triple time, quadruple time. <laughs> oh, that, yes. Yeah, so awesome job. In fact, we're going to, like I said, we're going to go out and uh, talk to those guys. I, I want to say good job to those guys. Those guys... Do yeah. great work, man. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable stuff. I mean, that's the real deal. And go to customreplicas.com. You know, you can have anything made if you can afford it. Yeah, you, if can, you can afford it. If, if you're rich and you're listening, you should you should go and have them build whatever, build whatever you After want. you give TrekCast a grant, then you should go get a big <laughs> enterprise built. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe if it's big enough, we can put the studio inside of it. There you go. And then fly it to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it all in chrome. I oh, want a chrome yeah. I want a chrome ship. Well, then you'd be on Star Wars and it'd that's be on true. Naboo oh, yeah, that's Royal true. Starship. <laughs> I hated fighter that thing. thing. It's chrome ship. What uh, the heck? Well, I liked your idea with the black chrome ship. Yeah, see, because that would be stealthy. It'd be like it'd be like your own version of a cloaking device. Right. No one would see you. No, your sensors would pick you up, but other but you couldn't see it by you know sight. It's visual, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so let's do um, let's do some email. Sweet. Oh, it's we just keep rolling here on trekcast.com, the number one rated uh, Star Trek podcast. Subspace signals. I'm ready. Space signals. We've got so many emails this week. Man. And we love them. Well, you know what? To those people who wrote emails that we might not get to, I'll respond to you via email. Because we, we got like, I mean, really, we're getting, oh, yeah. we're we, getting hundreds we now. We got a ton. I'm just kind of, instead yeah, of I'm, reading the whole thing now, I'm just kind of going through and picking out. I'm actually right. responding to some now. people when I have time. Right. And, and you will as well. Oh, and, yes. So. Oh, and also... A couple of people do it, which I really like, uh, especially Chris from Tulsa. Is um, say <laughs> Chris where you're fr- from everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, say where you're from. That's kind of cool. It, it, not not only can we mention it, but um, we like to know where our listeners are. Well, yeah, that too. And if if there's somebody in your same area that you, you know that right. you might like to meet up with, maybe you guys meet up. Right. If it's like you know Richard from Des Moines, you're like, hey, I'm from Des Moines. Exactly. I'm, I'm Jack from Des Moines. From Des Moines. From Des Moines. Des Moines. That's the warp core talking, isn't it? Yes. I didn't have a warp core. What are you talking about? Hey, Carl, if you're listening, we're drinking a warp core right now. It's like a... Not yet, anyway. Okay. Okay. So the first email comes from James from Jacksonville. See, there we go. That, that was done perfectly. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks for your hard work on one of the best produced podcasts I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. That was awful nice, yeah? And one it thing I wouldn't... It is the best. It is. Sorry. I had, to, I had to throw that in there. Okay. And one thing I wouldn't mind you discussing on the air. Do you guys remember the warp bubble ever being discussed on the original series? I can't ever, I can't remember it happening, but I love, but I don't watch TOS as, as, oh my God, I can't talk, as religiously as uh, DS9. Um, The warp bubble? No. I can't ever imagine that being on TOS. That was something that came later on in TNT. Warp bubble, you meaning, you meaning how they generate a warp field and how they travel at warp speed yeah that warp bubble yeah yeah oh, basically yeah. i think originally they just it was like propulsion but as uh, as uh, math progressed and star trek progressed obviously they thought okay traveling faster than light not possible but if you made like a bubble where you could bend space kind of right. like a like a warp or a fold in right. space that's how they kind of envisioned it so gotcha. i think that came along later yeah i don't think they ever mentioned that earlier on no, I don't think they mentioned that in TNG. Well, they did. They did talk about it in in like the the technical manual. They talk about how warp factor one was like one times the speed of light, and then t- times two was two times squared times the speed of light. Right, and it went exponentially. So basically, it was just a matter of propulsion back then. And as TNG came in, it it actually morphed into more of a like a like a real warp kind of thing, like where you're actually warping space around you. Gotcha. To get where you need to go. <laughs> was that too technical? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you, Darren. And uh, James would also like to say, in, in, the, in the beauty department, Terry Farrell is greater than Jerry Ryan. Agreed. Agreed? I'm with you. I 
I don't know. I don't. I think Jerry's I got think the Ter- body, but Terry's got the face. I like. I like Jerry's face. Well, you're you're a big fan of Jerry Ryan. I love her. Yeah, Terry Carroll. She's she's beautiful, but as far as like her character, as far as sex appeal, she's kind of dry. Well, plus she used to be a man, so that that kind of kills <laughs> well, the sex appeal. Well, she used appeal. to be a man. Right, right, many right. Men. right. Many men. Um, many men. Many men. Which reminds me, we were at the. That'd be good. And Jerry, but Jerry Ryan doing. used to be a woman. And now is woman again, right? Right, because it's a boring woman now. Yeah. But if you were a, if you were a trill and you were a man before, and then you became a woman, wouldn't you know what a man wanted? Yes, she does, and she sack? does, she right. does exactly. And you know what? Shut and, up. and you know what? I wouldn't. And not to get too dirty, but if I was Worf and we're doing we're going to town, Worf and you know and and what? And, and, and Dax, right? We're going to town. Um, I don't know where this is going. I don't want to be thinking like looking down at my wife, thinking she's been at the other end of this. Like ah, uh, you know what? That's a little, little too weird for me. That's true. But uh, but true. but in reality, but we're not talking about Dax and Seven. We're talking about Jerry and Terry. Right. Terry. Jerry. Jerry. All right. Two to Sorry. one. All right. <laughs> and I actually prefer brunettes, but you know, I'm gonna save this one. You know, Jerry. if there was a, if there was a redhead worthy. <laughs> Jane there was in the Jane in TLS, Way. No, in TLS Jane there was a, a redhead in uh, um, I think it was Who Mourns for Adonis. Oh. Done. Okay. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Next email comes from Mark from Iverness, Bonnie, Scotland. Bonnie, my Bonnie lies over the ocean. It does. Are you going to keep singing? Nope. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, hey, guys. I happened to stumble across a really cool site earlier this week called moviemistakes.com, which invites people to point out communi- continu- continuity errors and Alicia errors when she speaks because <clears throat> she can't seem to read. Um, plot holes and even factual errors and there's even quite a few regarding the various Star Trek series and movies. Nice. Oh, I bet there is. Yes. One yeah, of the examples in Next Gen episode, The Naked Now, is when Jordy is put onto a bed in a sick bay, there are two pillows but when he gets up to leave a little later, they've disappeared. Oh, those kind of errors. See, yes. now, I like those. Yes. I thought it was going to be one of those like hair splitting, you know, in episode 14, they mentioned that warp drive is blah, 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 blah. But then in another series, they mentioned warp drive is something. Other. No, if it's those These kind of actually con- like production. Errors. Oh, those. Yeah. See, that I like. Oh, you know, because we did mention that. That must be one of my heroes. I got to ask is, okay, when they shot the first part of the scene and there was two pillows there. And then they shot the second scene. What were Maybe they, they filmed the it pillows? out of order. It could have been weeks later Possibly. or weeks Maybe earlier. Maybe the pillows weren't, weren't, weren't earlier. there for the later take. And then they said, oh, maybe there'll be some cool pillows. And then they shot the first part of the scene right. after the fact. Who knows? Or I it's think some, some, ex, some actors stole the pillows, did something dirty. It took maybe LeVar said, you know what? Will you swap my pillows? And the director was like, go. You get one pillow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One Sorry. Pillow. No pillows for you. Um, or how about in DS9 season five episode Ferengi love songs, just after Lita and Rom make up and decide to proceed with their wedding plans, the camera pans up to the chief and Julian. You could briefly briefly see green tape on the floor indicating where Colmini is supposed to stand. Whoa. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Okay. okay, yeah. I, want, no, that's, I mean, it's, it's not a travesty, but I'd like to see some of these. That's Yeah, cool. so check it out. Uh, moviemistakes.com. Oh, we will. And uh, Mark wants to tell you, David, um, your Brent FCA impression was great. Can you do it again, please? <laughs> you know what's funny about that? <laughs> I didn't think it was that good, but I listened back to that episode. I was like... Man, I smell. I sounded like Brunt. I almost said I smelled like Brunt. Um, but I, I, sound, <laughs> I don't know what Brunt smells like. I don't, don't want to know. I, I don't but it was know. no. It was really funny because I I just did it on the cover like Brunt FCA, or, and I did a bad version there. But it's like I listened to it later. I went, man, I sounded like him because it was FGCA. I don't. That's funny. FCA. We were just downstairs. We were just downstairs, and and we were practicing our Kirk impersonations, and and we'll have to see who has the best Kirk sometime. Right. Right. 
but apparently I have the best brunt. Yes, you do. Well, I love the Jeffrey Combs. Now, if I could just do a Wayoon, oh, man, I'd get into the clubs for free. Think so? Try it. No. Try it. I'm afraid you know, <laughs> They'd be afraid they'd audit him. I know. Okay, the next email comes from Okta, a.k.a. Tilk. Um, tilk. I would, yes, Tilk. Oh, I think I had to solve a Tilk problem this week with the forums. Oh, what really? was that? Well, I think that was the person that got... No, maybe it wasn't. Someone got uh, ejected off the forums because we're trying to keep the porn spam down. Oh, and so someone mistakenly got. But I had I reactivated their account. Everything's cool. But uh, don't even get me started on porn spam. It's just it's the devil. Tilk is uh, a character from SGA or Stargate One. Oh, originally. So maybe there's some Stargate question here or something. No, it has to do with the favorite episodes. Really? Oh, cool. Let's go. Uh, I would say the most impactful episode in DS Nine for me is. The Visitor. Tears, emotion, heartfelt desperation like no other episode left its mark. It should have won something. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can barely watch that one. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's, it's really, it's great. I want to I I watch it right now. I, I, you have I, to prepare yourself to watch that I one. really cry. Like, I start to tear up and yeah, I turn away. Yeah. I got to get some water. Yeah. <laughs> never had that effect on me. It is a great episode, but never right. had that. That really, it, it affects that. me. I can't. I, in fact, I have to prepare. I can watch any DS9, any day, any night. That one, I go, ah, am I prepared to watch this? Maybe it's, psychologically speaking, it, maybe it has something to do with, you know, like like a father, father figures, son thing. father son kind of things, you know? Maybe. 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 I, I think, I don't know. It's just I'm more of a whole mama's cycle boy. of life. Jake, Jake. And regret and missing things and trying to save your loved ones. Which oh, is really oh. I, li- hard I, I, live life, I live life with no regrets. So it's uh-huh. kind of like one of those things, you know, just kind of go. <laughs> okay, go. There you go. Ah. Um, let's see. Like a Klingon. Favorite series has to be season. My favorite series has to be series four DS nine. Too many good things are happening in that series. Obviously, Away the Warrior, The Traveler, which actually the Visitor, My Man Bashir, the ending of of Away the Warrior with Garen. We do not forgive eyes or forget. Come on, doesn't get better than that. The only slightly disturbing thing is that Klingons get knocked around way too easily in DS nine. And as a hardcore Klingon brother of the Empire, it's hard to take take sometimes. I mean, Klingon breath is enough to stop most creatures in their tracks. Thanks for the subs. Kapla. You know what he forgot? Hard time. Oh. Hard time is season four. That's another one that's like, that's hard to watch. No, I agree with you. I, I actually personally think season six of DS9 is my favorite. But four was the first one we bought. We didn't own a single season of DS9, just you know, just watched them when they were on TV. And the first season we bought, season four. Worf came on, Way of the Warrior. That, yeah, that, I, you know, no argument here, boy. <laughs> None at all. 
I'm with you. Next email comes from Miles McLaughlin, or McLaughlin, um, a.k.a. Son of Worf on the forum. Oh, I know that guy. Or kind All of. right. He's a, I didn't know this. He resides in Amish country in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah, huh. I remember That's he awesome. wrote, the first time he wrote, he was uh, he wanted to be on a, on a fan film, basically, like oh. Phase 2 or something like that. Yeah. Let's see if he has any luck. Yeah. One idea he would like to explore is a DS9 movie. I thought they had more stories to tell. Maybe they could do something with the return of Cisco, which I think would be so awesome. Too. Yeah, it would be. They, it won't happen, but man, I'd love to see it too. I should. That will never happen, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But it's it would. one of those things. It might. No, we should do DS Nine, the animated series. Yeah, yeah that, that could happen. Cool. We should do it. That could happen. Another thought is to have a next gen with Worf being the captain of the Enterprise and Jordy being the first officer. Hmm, mm, that'd be good. Jordy and. Worf? What? I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I could see you know. that. I could see that. Um, he'd say he'd be the first non-human captain of an Enterprise. That's true. Good that idea. Can, yeah. That's true. That's true. Although we know pretty much from Countdown that Worf went on home to the home world and did right. his own thing. Right. But this is what if. Right, right. We're doing yeah. one if, yeah. And he's also saying a few shows back, you were talking about actors who had recurring parts as an alien. An actor I'm thinking of is James Sloyan. This guy's done it all. He's played a Romulan admiral in Next Gen, as well as playing a future version of Alexander. Oh, that guy. Odo's dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just said he played a Bajoran scientist in DS9. He was a scientist, also the scientist who sort of raised Odo. Yeah. Another one of your favorites. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I love those. Talk about good episodes. Holy moly. Yeah. That one's good. That's He's, also the episode that Kira has Yoshi. Yeah. Yeah. When that one. Yoshi. Yoshi. What did I say? Little Lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi. No, you said Yoshi. Okay. Yoshi. Eats eggs and spits them out. <laughs> right. yeah. kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, that was so fun. <laughs> well, yeah, what was? Yes, yeah. <laughs> he played an alien on Voyager. He was the one who created the Metreon Cascade that killed a lot of Neelix's people during a war. Oh, that's good. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the lion lizard band? rainbow lion lizard Rain guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah I remember people. that episode. It was pretty. It was kind of stunning when uh, Neelix was confronted with that. Huh. And uh, that's about. But you know, the difference was, I think, what, what we were talking about was Aber- Rene Abergenois playing a different alien. That was kind of weird because he was well, a main character playing right, other main aliens. character, right? Yeah, there are there's a few. You know, who else is another one of these guys? Um, was the guy that Paul Servino, who played Worf's brother, saved? They saved that whole that bunch of planets, the, the bunch of the, the people on that planet. That guy ended up being the Solus Minions of Orthodoxy guy on DS9. The same guy. And he's been on a few, too. That yeah. guy's pretty cool. Did I just pull out Solus Minions of Orthodoxy? That's pretty crazy. I think yeah. you did. Yeah. And um, no one's allowed to touch that but me. Yeah. The Nerd Alert is, is DNA sequenced to right. David Ivey. Exactly. So nobody can get a Nerd Alert unless David pushes <laughs> exactly. the button. Exactly. That's crazy. terrible. Yeah. But that's no, that, that's another one of those guys. It's just a all around. Yeah, you guy. know what? It, Star Trek is littered with with basically. Heck, Tim people. Russ was one of those guys until he got his own show, or <laughs> until he got on, you know, got on, you know, regular cast. He yeah, was exactly. one of those guys. Exactly. He was. In but the the, you know what? I have to admit that guy, the the older, uh, the Odo's dad guy. That guy is awesome. Absolutely one of my favorites. Awesome. He's saying, "You guys have a great show. I feels like I'm involved with a couple of friends talking Trek. Keep up the good work. Cool. Give me a beer, dude." <laughs> he has a favor to ask you, though. Oh, for us larger Trek fans, it would be great if you had a size two X or three X for the T-shirts. And I would say you also need a smaller size for for the ladies. Right, right. Well, you're not the first person to ask for a larger size, so that is going to happen. 
that will happen in the next match. Yeah, you're sure. not you're not the first one. You're not the first guy to ask. Thank you, son of Worf. There you go. Kabla. Next email comes from Chris Lutz. Um, he actually he wants you guys' opinions. Oh, he good. has to get a Starfleet uniform. But has he, to. Has to. This is all you know capitalized. I have to get a Starfleet uniform, but I can't decide between a medical or a command uniform. I know I shouldn't choose red because as soon as I put it on, something bad will happen. If I get a command uniform, I can constantly talk to people with my Kirk impression. But if I choose medical, I can answer every question I'm asked with. I'm a doctor, not a blankety blank. What do you three, in your infinite wisdom, think? Infinite wisdom. Well, you couldn't. Have, you couldn't have come to a better place, man. <laughs> I agree. Um, you know what, though, if I because it was the choice was command or medical. Wow. See, I don't know. I'd have to go command. Now, is he talking original series? Obviously. I, w- yeah, I would assume, yeah. yeah. I would assume. Okay. I'm going to say medical because I I would prefer to be a doctor. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, you know, well, no, uh, see, I'm, nothing uh, says danger like a red shirt. That, you know? See, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? You're going to get more attention as a red shirt, I think. You know, I think people are going to be like, oh, it's red shirt. You know. Hot chicks want the blue. As far as, uh, as, far as great places yeah. to get uniforms, um, if you want to buy one. Costume, 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 costume. Yeah, costume, costume, costume. But they he did mostly next generation type stuff and enterprise. Right. But uh, um, there's another place called uh, Robbie's. I think it is. You can pre-order on uh, Big Bad Toy Story the, the the new uniforms for the new movie. Mm. And they're they're really cool looking from what I've seen on their on their site. Really. Um, Diamond Select also just re- re- released uh, um, some T-shirts. That are in that style, and they're they're really cheap. They're only twenty dollars. So. Oh, I, I think we saw those. We saw yeah. a red and a and a gold. You know what? I, I I'd go command. That's you got to go command. Gold. So we have two commands. I'm thinking red shirt just because nothing spells danger like. Well, that didn't help, shirt. and we all three okay. said something different. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's our infinite wisdom. You know what though? I, you <laughs> know what? I, but I could easily be swayed to the red shirt because that's to people who don't know Star Trek. The red shirt is, I mean, you know, you're not just going to get people who know Star Trek. It, it, you're going to get everybody that knows what that is. Scotty was a red shirt, and I'm all about Scotty. That's so. true. Scotty was a red shirt. Yeah, exactly. Plus, but everybody knows with the red shirt, like you said, something bad is going to happen. That, that's the joke. Oh, uh, yeah. And then in yeah. TOS, they switched Constantly, it to red. Anyway. Yeah, Command, Command was red TNG, anyway. Yeah. TNG, excuse yeah. me. I would go red, too. I'm with you. I'll, I'll switch over. Yeah. Scotty all the way. Yeah. Red. <laughs> Oh, and then he asked, he has a question for if you. If not Aaron. read, command. For me? A question wow. for you. I'm excited. Um, last week you read an email about a new Trek series focusing on the Enterprise B, which is something I've been wanting to see for years. And uh, Darren was mentioning the B's fate. What comic or novel focused on this? Um, I haven't done a lot of research on it, but uh, um, if you go to Memory Alpha, if you just type in NCC 1701B, right. it gives you a brief history of the ship. And I believe that I was mistaken that it was lost with all hands, but uh, there was a storied career for the bee, and it's been mentioned in books and uh, a couple other medium, okay, like the comics. So check that, check out Memory Alpha for Memory that. Memory Alpha, Fed, yeah. we, we might even put that in the show notes. I think we, I think we might. Right. Awesome. And our last email here comes from Chris, Chris from Tulsa, <laughs> who is also Chris from Fargo, who's also Chris from Nebraska, who's also Chris from Kansas, right? Oh, and uh, oh, Chris. But he's really from Missouri. I think Chris is right really from space. <laughs> I think Chris is messing with us because we totally forgot where he's from. I think he, I think he jumped through the he's Stargate. He's a funny guy. On some crazy planet somewhere else. And uh, like last week we asked him what was his, uh, which was better, Farscape or Babylon 5. So 
Here is his answer. Mm. I could go on for hours about the merits of Farscape and why you should be a fan, but there's a whole other podcast for that. I will answer your question, though, about Farscape versus Babylon 5. I enjoy both. I'm a scaper, and my first love will always be Farscape, but I appreciate Babylon 5 for what it accomplished. The difference lies in the core of the shows. Babylon 5 was mainly about the story first and the characters second. The characters, the, the characters serve that epic story. Farscape is about the characters, and the story serves their growth and development. Joe Strakinski knew the ending of Babylon 5 from the beginning. It's a miracle of modern television that he actually got it to that ending without being canceled, but he did, and created a great sci-fi epic. Farscape is much more fluid in the story. There is no relying story arc, but it serves the characters and grew out of their development throughout the series. Both shows are great science fiction, and both do what they did well. But I have to give the win here to Farscape. The chicks are way hotter. Yeah, that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here at Trekcast, I'm going to just have to say this. Babylon 5 had Walter Koenig in it. Oh. So there's a Trek connection. Uh, Farscape had Muppets. Right. So I'm going to have to go for Babylon 5 just because of the Trek connection. Well, see, and then I know Alicia's going to go for the I'm Muppets. I'm going to go for Muppets. Yeah. yeah. I, although I'm a huge fan of the Muppets. Right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Right. Don't, make your, don't get me wrong. And that's the official. And, and those were officially Jim Henson oh, yeah, things, yeah. right? Well, yeah. The show was produced by Jim Henson Productions. Okay. So there you go. Okay. That was a weird time for television because that's when DS9 was on and these other, all these other sci-fi things were on. That was a crazy sci-fi time That was back alive. when, uh, when uh, um, just those kind of shows were just big. Uh, um, what was it called? Uh, um well, they were pay-per-view, not pay-per-view, but they were on syndication. Oh, syndic- yeah, and they were yeah. all over the place. It was all before there was a huge growth of all these different cable channels. Right. Like right. Sci-Fi Channel. It was before Sci-Fi Channel. Right. Yeah. So, or just about the same time, anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. We, we asked that question, and you just totally answered it. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's Farscape. <laughs> Farscape In fact, I'm, we're going to see him for the big uh, TrekCast meetup here coming in a couple weeks, and I'm going to have to sit him down and go, really, if I'm going to start, where, which one do I start with? Well, you're a huge fan of DS9, so I'd say I'm Babylon a Babylon Five. 5 yeah. I think I think you. I'm knowing you. You're right. a Babylon Five, and no, I know you love the lore, right? And Babylon Five's got a huge really lore. Okay, I'm like, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks, Chris. As long as there's no rainbow lion lizards. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, also this week we got another uh, Klingon word of the day. Sweet. You know, I can't get enough of those. I love Klingons. <laughs> when they're dead. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Well, well you know. Let's do the Klingon word of the day. <laughs> Listen up, Topal. It's time for the Klingon word of the day. The Klingon word of the day is kapla, which means success. Before or after a glorious battle, a true Klingon would say to his comrades, kapla. Dude, Kapla. Kapla's good. <laughs> um, also this week, man, this is just the most fun-filled, action-packed Trek cast. Well, it's 25. It's got to be You big. know what? That's true. This is episode 25. This is like our sweep-sweep episode of Trek cast. <laughs> it's better than the, the writer Strike episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, it's just all flashbacks from other episodes. Yeah, you know what? I think somebody wrote us about what happened with, uh, with Crusher there. And it was basically, uh, um, it wasn't, uh, it was contract of the union because she had a 
she was a writer as well, so right. she couldn't work while. Oh, right, 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 right. Doing it. That's why season. That's two. why season two. She dropped out of season two, and then she came back. It wasn't anything. I think they said it was sexual harassment. It wasn't that. It was no. I just heard she wasn't very good. Well, no, I had to. <laughs> and it didn't gel. I just heard it didn't gel. It was. It was the writing. It was a writer strike. Because I love Pulaski. Love Pulaski. Yeah. Love, love yeah. Pulaski. Plus, she was on the original series too. Yeah, it was funny when I was watching Muppets Meet Manhattan, and she was the secretary. <laughs> I text David. I text David when I was watching it. I was like, "Your friend was just on the Muppets." <laughs> no, I'm like, "Oh!" <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's uh, time to hear from Brandy T. Brandy T. Why didn't you tell Lavar to listen to Trekcast? I, Brandy, what the? We still love you. I know, but still, that would have been the second word out of my mouth. <laughs> hey, Lavar, you listen to Trekcast? <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> hey, you're Lavar Burton, by the way. <laughs> but she wrote back. She was all kind of flustered. So, well, yeah, yeah. I, I understand completely. When he he came into the experience and had that uh, wedding party for his niece, well, you know, I heard that was that. weird. That was fun. Okay. And he's a great tipper. I want to really? say, yeah, he's a great guy, great tipper, everything. Oh, we, you know, by the way, Lavar, um, we need a grant. <laughs> 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 Take it away, Brandy T. There is a company now selling Star Trek caskets online. Apparently, the casket is modeled after the photon torpedoes seen in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So here's my what's what with me pros and cons Con. of having such a casket. Okay, the pros. It's definitely fun and cushy. And no one else around you is going to have anything like it, so you'd definitely be the coolest cat on the block. I'd have mine made ahead of time so I could keep it here at my house, and then when people come over for us to have nerdy night, they'd be so jealous and they'd want one of their own, but then they couldn't have it. Oh, and when you're down six feet, the Borg could not assimilate you. Definitely a positive. Now here are the cons. Okay, so when you're all hanging out after all the nails and the dirt and everything's been filled in over you, someone still might call you a nerd. And so far, there are no upgrades yet that you could do to the coffin, so that really bums me out because I'd love to have a TV with TNG just running on a continuous loop. And to be honest, after it's buried, it would no longer be mint in package. Although, maybe you would be. Some Vulcans might say it is illogical to have such a swell casket because who's going to know? But you're going to know and everyone else around you is going to know. And then you're going to definitely be invited to all the ghoulie parties. Little morbid, Brandy. I think so. <laughs> Although cool. Who would not want to have Star Trek playing the whole time? Yeah, you know what? You know, the, and you know what? When you, when you get buried, they'd have to play Amazing Grace with uh, the... Bagpipes, yeah. Yeah. When they lowered you down. I'd want them to launch me into space with my force on a torpedo. Yeah, well, it, well, the Genesis planet would be nice, too. Bring you back? <laughs> you got to go through Pond Far all over again? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm always down to go through Pond Far whenever uh, I can. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, what else we got today? Oh, convention. Uh, not our convention. We're done with our convention footage, but... Our, our our good friend Mr. Dayton Ward was in uh, Denver for the Star Fest Star Fest convention, yes. Which sounds amazing. I wish I'd have went. So do I. Man, I'd like to see it snow. <laughs> right now it's like ninety two here. Man, it's hot. <laughs> so let's. Uh, I feel like I'm on Vulcan. <laughs> Is it hot in Vulcan? Oh yes. Oh, you know I was watching um, the original series and what was he a Vulcanian? What? Back when when uh, when uh, before they called him Vulcans and. I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, no. Spock is a Vulcanian. Vulcanian, <laughs> Vulcanian. 
Yeah, Volcano. That's funny. Yeah, they mentioned it. Like it was in um, the, the the one I really like, uh, Court Martial. Really, he's a Vulcanian. Somebody just must not not have known their Vulcans. At I that know. Time. Well, yeah, he was just like you know me being a Vulcanian. I can never be. Li- I can never lie or whatever. The Vulcanian. I guess, I guess you could be a Vulcanian. I guess. Or I thought it would just be Vulcan. Right. You're, you're, you're a Vulcan. Or he's yeah. I don't know, but he was a Vulcanian. Maybe there's a city well, no, called he, Vulcan, and he was a resident of Vulcan. Vulcan, <laughs> and so he. In in turn, was a volcano. That's like being from Earth. Earth. <laughs> We're Earthians. <laughs> no, but I live in I live in Earth, uh, Earth, Oklahoma, on the planet Earth, or something. You know, like maybe Vulcan is a like Vulcan Canada. Maybe there's a Vulcan Vulcan. Maybe Vulcan A. Called, yeah, it's called Starfest, and it's an annual convention. They put it on every April. They've been doing it for about 30 years. 30 um, years? Yeah, they, and it's a, it's a first-class outfit, first-class group of people. They really work very hard at making it look easy. Um, and they're like they're basically – you know, it's a family that owns this company called Starland, and they, they – um, among other things, they have a store that sells you know, science fiction and fantasy-related items, you know, collectibles or – tie-in products and then they also are responsible for a series of haunted houses that are you know active during the halloween season awesome okay and yeah, they do movie screenings giveaways and then they um and then they put on this convention and you know they spend a good long they, they spend a good part of the year planning this convention or planning the haunted houses or doing some of the other things that they're involved in sounds like they're pretty busy yeah i mean it, like you know i said it's a family business and then they have a core group of people who work for them that help them without all with all the logistics and stuff and it's a i mean a really first class bunch of folks nice people so they the treat week, us like part of the family the week before the, when you win it actually snowed there like a dump <laughs> yeah i mean i've i've been out there you know it's 65 degrees and the sun's out and we can go hike around red rocks you know that part of area that part okay of area. yeah and then you know you go over there the next day and it freaking snows. I mean, it was. It was. We were. Out, we see. We got in there Thursday night, so we got in ahead of the weather. And then uh, we were going to do a book signing on Friday, and it had snowed in the morning, but they had taken care to clo- you know, clear the roads and all that kind of thing. And it looked like we were going to dodge a bullet. And then uh, we went to the we went to the signing at at noon. We were there for about an hour, an hour and a half. And I'm looking out the window, and I can still see snow under the cars and on the sides of you know the buildings and stuff. But the roads are fairly clear, so I'm thinking we're okay. I look out there 30 minutes later, and it's whiteout conditions. Somebody oh, just geez. opened up the faucet. <laughs> really, it's, it's 90 yeah. here. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> the heaviest thing I got to wear is a fleece jacket. You know? I'm like, oh this no, suck. Yeah. So how so, does, so it's um they have uh, stars and and well, I mean they they brought you guys in who else did they bring in yeah they brought us in and then they also brought in you know real guests uh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> well it was the, you the, you and Kevin Dillmore and uh, David Mack was there too right no David Mack wasn't there but he's oh, been okay. trying to get out there we're trying to get him out there um, Christy Golden who's another prolific writer she does a lot of Star Trek stuff but she also is big into uh, Warcraft and some other properties she was there what's this you speak uh, of Warcraft. Yes, Warcraft. <laughs> I only, I only, I only play about four hours a day. So I, you know, she, apparently she's like a first class nerd for that game. She, I mean, the people at Blizzard love her, and they love getting her involved in all the books and stuff. She's one of their big contributors. Awesome. Um, as far as the stars for Star Trek, they had Brent Spiner, Robert Picardo, and uh, Ethan Phillips. Hey, that's nothing to sneeze at. No, they're good guys, actually. And, and Picardo and Phillips in, in particular are really fun con guests. They really have a good time. Yeah, every time they uh, came into the experience, they were really cool guys, the stand-up guys. Yeah, they are. And they, they put on a show on, uh, on uh, Saturday night. They put on a show called House Call, which is like a little 
one-act play that they do on stage in the in events area where they're in character as the Doctor and Neelix. And nice. they, it's, you know, it's playing really? laughs. Yeah, they, they have a good time. They, they, they really enjoy it. Apparently, it was very well received by the crowd. So I remember you, you Twittered something uh, during the convention. Like Somebody kept trying to drop their pants. Yeah. And I, was, I, I twittered you back. I said, "I said, was it Brent Spider?" <laughs> I got, I got a lot of, you know, hey, I thought we broke Kevin of that habit years ago. And, uh, but what happened was, we had uh, Kevin and I are judges for the uh, costume contest they have on Saturday oh, night. I, I also saw the the Twilight that had no uh, top on. Basically, I think Kevin put <laughs> yeah. that picture up. Yeah, that would, I'm sure there's probably a video of Google, you know, on Google with me and my mouth falling open as I went, "Really?" Because <laughs> But uh, so Kevin and I are we're looking at each other as this guy comes out and he and he plays the part of just a drunk guy and he to cap off his act he tries to drop his pants but he can't even do that right <laughs> so you know I'm like well you know if you're gonna do that you should at least practice right yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. I don't know a guy but, who can't drop his drawers I mean that's pretty crazy yeah I mean you know it's pretty basic stuff I'm, yeah you I, know I, I, <laughs> zipper button done. Yeah, and this guy, this guy wasn't even wearing that. He was wearing sweatpants. I'm like, well, half the work's done for you. Let gravity do it. <laughs> totally hosed it. So. Wow, oh, man. Well, that's that's really cool. So, uh, Starfest in Denver. Wow, they, yep. so they had uh, every uh, every April they do it. I think it's, it's usually the weekend after Easter is how they set it up. Okay, and uh, what what do you think the uh, the attendance is? It is it pretty big? It's you know for for a con that size, I think they average. I think they totaled out you know maybe between five and seven thousand people for the weekend. Oh, that's not bad. Know, but I don't know number because I haven't had a chance to confirm it. And you know that was with weather. I mean Saturday and you know was definitely impacted by the weather. Um, but they sell that hotel out. They, they you know it's done in a hotel, and they they literally sell the entire hotel out to the con. Wow. Um, so most of the hardcore people were already in the building before the weather struck. So we had a good starting point. Because uh, it starts Friday night at six o'clock, and and then the ball gets rolls until about ten o'clock that night, and then they pick it up the next morning and run all weekend. Man, I, I love so, conventions, by the way. I just love. Them. I love the ones that are run like this, where they're run by you know mostly by fans, and it's not just an autograph show and a cattle call. And I mean, it's there's the fans are involved in the you know programming. They do panels, they do costume contests, they do talent shows, they do games. Those are conventions, not the stuff like you know guy stands on stage for an hour and then he sits for an hour and signs autographs. That's not a convention, right? So, huh. awesome. we'll see, uh, we're going we're gonna to be going to uh, Sci-Fi Summit next week. Right. And we'll be cool. doing some stuff live from there. So, yeah, that's, fun. It, that's pretty big. There's going to be some big, some big hitters there. We got Jerry Ryan, Michelle Forbes. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I don't know that Jerry Ryan does that many conventions. I don't, so think she, cool. I, I don't even yeah. know if she's ever done one, to be honest. Yeah, she did Las Vegas a couple years back. Oh, okay, I believe. okay. I believe it was Las Vegas. Huh. Or Comic Con. One, one of the two. Because, you know, there's a lot of controversy around her. But you know what? No one at the con's going to care, though. Nobody no. cares. Yeah, yeah, nobody cares. I mean, yeah, she was. Yeah, I'm sure the paparazzi care and people, you know, in, in Hollywood. But the, the Star Trek fans don't care. They probably don't they even don't know care. about it. Yeah, they don't even know about it, I'm sure. If they do, they don't care. I right. mean, yeah. I'm sure there have been other guests that have had controversy surrounding them and. They're always welcomed, you know, warmly to these conventions. Oh yeah, okay. but uh, let's see. For Starfest, who else do they have? Oh, they had Katie Sackoff from Star Galactica. Oh, um, she's my friend Pat, on, on Facebook. Yeah, Pat Tallman, <laughs> yeah, Pat, uh, Pat Patricia Tallman. She's like a. She started off as in a, as a stunt woman, and then she's gotten some roles in shows like Babylon Five and some other genre shows. And then uh, who was the other guy? Oh, um, William Cat, the guy from The Greatest American Hero. Greatest no, American Hero. yeah. Uh, and apparently, I didn't get to see him, but by all accounts, he was actually – apparently, he was very cool as a con guest. Really? So, good for, you know, good for him. I heard he's trying to get a new uh, movie made – movie of, of The Greatest American Hero made. There's, I guess there's a movie in development, but I don't know if he's involved. But he is actually involved in the writing of a comic 
yeah. based on his version of the show. Yep. I, don't, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it's good or not. Now, see, there's a good example of a show that's, that was almost more popular than it should be because it had a good theme song. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? I mean, everybody knows that show from the theme song. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm walking, walking on air. <laughs> I never thought I could. You know, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's such a great theme. It I is want to thank good. Skype for living I, that to me in stereo yeah. just then. <laughs> oh, I remember I got turned on to, uh, I think it was War by by that that uh, show as well. Was it War that they're saying the, um, the bombs are all dropping? Oh, I think so. Yeah, like the yeah. series finale of that that show. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't yeah. even know that I saw the series finale because it was. When was it on? Like the mid to late, Seven. early to mid eighties, something like that. Yeah, something if, like that. I think I would say early. I don't even. I could. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know if I've seen a whole episode. I mean, I I couldn't tell you for sure. If I, I remember watching it when it first started, and then I kind of fell away from it for one. I forget why. Just one of those things, you know. But uh, I remember liking it when I did watch it, just because I, I really. He did a pretty good job, but I really liked the guy that was the FBI guy, Robert uh, Culp. Robert Culp, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw he made that. He made that work, you know. With the just, you know, I'm I'm a skeptic, but I'll go with it. Yeah. So <laughs> I saw on Twitter that uh, you uh, you want you mentioned the 24 uh, Marines were not up to par. <laughs> And then don't you, even get me started. You, you don't have enough time for that. You wanted to you wanted to uh, take them out with those limited edition sporks. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Van Sitters about that. Yeah, was, I actually I got lucky and bought one. They're already sold out. You believe that? In less than a week. I got one. I have to admit, I did buy one. Yeah, I, I got I had, one too. To so that. I'm looking forward to having my spork. Well, I just I mean I'm I, I love 24. It's a fun show. It's you know you can't take it too seriously. You just have to roll with it. Speaking but of 24, uh, Brandon Braga's on. That show, yeah, he's one of the writers. I'm sure, I'm sure it's his fault that the Marines were inaccurately great. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So, I mean, my wife will tell you I can't watch anything that's got Marines in it without commenting if they screw something up. I, I you know, because I'm a former Marine. Yeah. So, um, I, I picked it apart last night. You know, the guy's hair was too long. They were <laughs> acting too crazy. They weren't wearing stuff correctly. The guy calls the other guy Sarge, which is the kind of thing that we get you gut punched. You know? <laughs> so, I mean, it was just, I, I, yeah, I had, I had to Twitter that. It's like, you know, send that guy to me <laughs> i'll take him out <laughs> i want to be a consultant on one of these shows you should that's awesome well cool well we better get to our show and but i can't okay. can't thank you enough for the for the info we're gonna we'll post this up and uh, have uh have some convention footage from mr dayton ward that's right on. excellent that'd be great and then you know look anytime you guys uh Want me to do something similar? Because I got other cons coming. Give me a shot. Oh, so. we will for sure. What are you getting? Yeah, actually, I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to do. Actually, we just got. We're going to do one in Tulsa at the end of June called Trek Expo. Oh, and they are going to pull in Leonard Nimoy as a guest on Saturday, and Avery Brooks as the big guest on Sunday. Wow, that'd be pretty cool to go. So, which my understanding is he doesn't do very many conventions at all. No, he so. doesn't. Yeah, he did. He did. He did Las Vegas last year, but it's the first time I'd seen him, and uh, he's great. Yeah. He's apparently. So yeah, I've never seen him at a convention because he's never been to one around here. But my understanding is he's awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. He's just he's, yeah. it's it's like I don't know, he's kind of like a reverend or something. You know, he's yeah. got that. that yeah, he's got that voice. That, yeah, that power, yeah. powerful voice that he does his thing. It's like, oh, he's just great, man. I love that guy. I got <laughs> I to see him on stage go. with uh, Avery. Bro- it was Avery Brooks, uh, Michael Dorn, and Whoopi Goldberg, all at the same time. It was pretty cool up in Seattle. Wow, that was a great. Wow. One. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, keep keep us informed, and and man, I wouldn't mind going yeah. to Oklahoma for that. Anytime you got a, it, you know, if you <laughs> yeah. got a new book coming out or whatever, you know, we'd love to have you. I I actually ta- emailed uh, Kevin as well, and, and he said he wanted to do it too. So, right, oh, hopefully yeah, he'll talk your ear off. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and and again, thanks. That, that that book cover on the new one. 
you weren't whistling Dixie, man. That is a beautiful cover. Yeah, those man. flats are very cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. I don't, beautiful. I'm screwed now because my expectations are now so high. You know, <laughs> I, I could never be happy again. Yeah, so. the Enterprise flying away from the station, firing. It's like, oh, that was yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Even the guy that does the other books on the series, the because uh, apparently he just saw the the art for what will be his book in December, the next book in the series, and he even said he still didn't make it as good as the one you got, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, sorry, man. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, uh, right. we'll we'll talk to you soon. Okay. We'll All right, buddy. Have, All right. Take it easy. Have a good day. Man, I love conventions. I do too. I can't wait. For, and I'm always jealous. Sci-fi summit. Yes, exactly. Sci-fi summit. And I'm always jealous when people go to conventions and I didn't go. So am I. And I want. What's that one in Oklahoma? That sounds awesome. Yeah. Avery Brooks and uh, Nimoy. That'd be pretty cool. I'm gonna go. Very cool. But I think Oklahoma is far from here. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm not really sure how far, but I'm, I'm assuming it's far. I bet they don't have transporters. I know. You know what? I was, that's one of my favorite parts of Paradise Lost is uh, uh, DS9 Paradise Lost is the you can be in San Francisco and go to dinner in New Orleans. That'd be cool. Man, I'd be there for dinner every night. You know what? I would go get Korean or Thai. <laughs> in, in Thailand. In Thailand. <laughs> Heck yeah. And yeah, or you can, go to, yeah, and you can go to Bangkok and you can come back with a, some kind of a... Well, I don't Diseased. say it. <laughs> don't say it. You know what I was thinking? How cool but the, would that be? the transporter actually can can take the disease out of you as it comes back. Yeah, with the biometric filters. Yes. Where's the nerd alert? Right. Oh, oh. We can add. You can add it in. I'll add it in. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I was just thinking? Uh, if wouldn't it be cool to like work a convention, work for a company like Roddenberry dot com, and be able to travel to all the conventions and and hang out with all the fans, right? And uh, um and just be able to. You know, for Trekcast, wouldn't that be cool? If we I know. Could travel to all of them and just do live. Well, you know Trek-cast, what? If we can all, figure out a few, if we can figure out a few more things to sell, we can. That'd be pretty cool. You know, like several different other T-shirts because we have our main T-shirts, our Trekcast T-shirts. That's right. That and we're going to be making some more. As soon as we sell enough of those, we're going to make another batch. That's right. In, in in different sizes. So let us know if you want a specific size. We're gonna the next batch. We're gonna take all those and we're gonna make those for you. Right, 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 right. For I sure. know we're gonna make some two and three XLs and some girl shirts and uh, and, and some for dogs and cats. Right. You know, because your dog would love to wear. I know. If you had a wiener dog that had like Spock ears, you <laughs> would love to wear a yeah, So for your Spot or your Porthos, you can have a T-shirt. That's, that's right. <laughs> so that's check right. out our store on TrekCast.com and, uh-huh. and buy our shirts. They're FCA approved. And, uh, and um, what else? Oh, DVD Geeks. Yep. Uh, you got our question last week and we can't mention it again. That's right. Or can we? Yeah, we can. Okay. Might as well. What was okay, it? Okay, here's the question. Who did Mr. Spock save from the phaser control room after there was a coolant link in the episode Balance of Terror? <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> okay. So you take that answer, if you know the answer, and then you take it over to DVDgeeks.com, yep. and they have a question on their, four, on their, on their April 20th. You know, notice I can't say 420. Well, it's April 20th, but they're going to be updating. Right. So you can listen to them on Fearless Radio. Um, they usually do a live broadcast uh, about 8 or 9 on... Uh, um, on Fearless Radio, so right. you can listen to them live, or you can just listen to the podcast. Right, and they'll they'll have another question, and you got to get both of them right, and then they have and right on right on their website, you can enter in your answers, and you can win the and Darren tell Darren tell them what they can win. You can win season one of the original series on Blu-ray, which has a lot of great special features. I yes. was looking at the review of it. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. I wish there was an extra one for us. I know. You know what? We're doing all the work. Yeah, we're, but we're giving we're giving them all away to you guys. Cause, I know because you guys deserve them. Right, there's quite a few. So um, you know, you might not win, but you might. There's quite a few of them. So yeah, it's worth a try. Yep. 
Um, and that should pretty much do it. This is man, this this episode winded me. Man, I'm it's winded. Stuff. <laughs> I'm winded. You know what? We're gonna keep bringing you all the best stuff. This is this is only the beginning. Oh, you, the, we're getting better and better from episode twenty five up. This is where it's gonna count. That's right. And we want to thank you guys for listening because uh, you guys are basically giving us the uh, the the drive to do it. Cause right. We, we keep hearing from you guys. And oh, we love hearing everything, and it just makes us want to do it even more. David and I actually want to do like three a week. <laughs> Man, I would. Yeah, might as well, but, you know. We do like eight a week, but we only record two of them. That's right. Because we'll be at wherever going, man, remember in, uh, <laughs> remember in Pale Moonlight? It's a fake. It's a fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it. Another episode in the can. Check us out at TrekCast.com. Also, if you would, please subscribe to us via iTunes. Leave those reviews. Subscribe to us. We'll get some numbers. Get up the list. Get more listeners. Do more shows. Have more fun. But for now, we're all done. So live long and prosper, and we'll see you next week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.